I'm not the house of cards that falls down easily. Ooh, I'm strong enough to handle what you throw at me. Welcome to Mental Health News Radio. I'm your host, Kristen Sunanta Walker. Just what are we going to discuss? The intimacy that is mental health. Let's continue to make it as comfortable as discussing brain health or heart health. This show has been on the air for several years and we have amazing co-hosts. And then we created a network of podcasters on mentalhealthnewsradionetwork.com, a place where every possible facet of mental well-being can be talked about openly. My show, after several hundred interviews, the format is this. Intimate, deep, funny, touching, sometimes uncomfortable, but always vulnerable conversations with interesting people. The goal is to have you, our listening family, many of you who have become my good friends, feel as though you are listening in on private conversations. Thank you for tuning in and becoming part of this amazing journey with me and now with our network of podcasters. Just knowing this podcast might be helping any of you realize you are not alone on this journey called being a human being makes doing this podcast worth every second. Hey everyone, Kristen Sonata Walker here with Mental Health News Radio, and I've got a terrific guest on that was referred to us by Amy O'Neill, who's also been a guest on the show. We'll talk about what our topic is, but I want to give you a little bit of her background and then we'll say hello to her and hear more about her and what our topic's going to be. Lynn Julian is on and she is an actress. She is an advocate. Uh, She's a runner. (laughs) She's a survivor of trauma and she's got an incredible service dog called Dr. Bugsy Smalls, which, you know, we are all about service dogs and therapy dogs here. Um, And she also she was in a stage accident that um, left her in a wheelchair and learning to have, to have to walk again for six years. And then she started acting in short films in 2012. And she also was a survivor of the Boston Marathon attack with a brain injury. She ended up finishing the marathon in 2014. And we are so excited. I'm sure listeners have an idea of what we're going to talk about today based on that introduction. But Lynn, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for giving me a voice to create awareness about brain injury and internet trolling and bullies of adults because bullies aren't just for kids anymore. Yeah, that's, you know, that it's an interesting thing when we started doing research on this. Um, you know, we've certainly had our experiences with it and, you know, we're a ton of mental health people. So we try to be as compassionate as possible because obviously someone is not mentally well if this is what they choose to do with their um, their time. Uh, <laughs> but would think, wouldn't they? But <laughs> yeah, but uh, you like you said, there's so much out there about kids being bullied, which I think, of course, of course, of course, that's phenomenal. But there's not a lot out there about adults that get trolled and stalked and so on um, online. There's not a lot about how to handle it. And there's not a lot just even discussion. So and I think some people maybe that have experienced it don't want to talk about it because they don't want to. And they maybe see that as an invitation for their troll to come back or maybe have a negative impact on Yep, have a negative impact on other people that are in their lives. And um, uh, so some of us, 
knowing that that's the kind of potential danger we're putting ourselves in, we'll talk about it anyway on their behalf, because I totally understand someone backing away. Um, and we're one of those places that, you know, you're going to attack people here. We're going to talk about it because that's what we do. So and everybody that is involved with us is on board with that. So anyway, I'm going to be quiet and let you talk, Lynn. <laughs> well, I just wanted to clarify that I only became a runner after the marathon. Oh, OK. And a lot Good of people, you. at least in my particular mass trauma, I know this is about bullying uh, victims and survivor families of mass trauma. Um, everybody assumes that the runners were targeted and uh, it was not the case. It was civilians on the sidewalk. The trauma extends much past running or large uh, public events. Uh, when you think of attackers as specifically targeting civilians in events that are getting massive amounts of press, right. they, uh, it just feels like the bubble is burst and the whole world is unsafe to you. Yeah, what? Oh, yeah, I did not know that about I didn't think about it, really. I just thought it was an attack. And I didn't know who the the these people were going after. I thought it was because, hey, there's an event. And what a way to get a bunch of attention. So I didn't put it into the what side it was on. So thank you for clarifying nice. that. I think there's that's a trend that we're unfortunately a disturbing trend we're we're finding is the cars going up onto the sidewalks and such that they are targeting random civilians and it's just more frightening than somebody who's pissed a specific group or person right. off and so they're being targeted because of that not that that's right it isn't but this is just random and could be anybody that's you're right. That makes it so much more frightening. I know for me, when I found out a couple of people were it was specific, a person that was trolling us rather than a group that was just randomly trolling. I was more relieved to know that this was an individual rather than a group. So I, I get it from. A and that's what side. happens with the bullies is that they seem to find, uh, as we do, we find strength in numbers. Uh, one of the groups that I volunteer on the board with is called Strength to Strength. It's uh, stosglobal.org, and they unite uh, survivors, families, victims of terrorist attacks internationally to find strength through unity and support each other through this organization, Strength to Strength. And unfortunately, I guess it works on the side of evil as well that these mm -hmm. internet trolls that love bullying for attention or power or whatever, they unite <laughs> and they will find a YouTube channel that's agreeing with their bullying opinions and use that to gang up and mass on specific victims, one of which was myself. So what happened, what's the timeline and what was going on that was the impetus for this starting with you getting attacked? Well, the bullying usually starts immediately, like day one, for many survivors of mass trauma as well as victims' families. And that's even more detrimental for survivors with TBI, traumatic brain injury, like myself. The first two months 
after any concussion or brain injury is the most important time to heal the brain. And patients are instructed to follow two-month concussion protocol, which, uh, long story short, stress is even more detrimental for survivors with TBI, traumatic brain injury. Uh, the, the, sorry. You're fine. I, totally because fine. of brain injury, sometimes when I'm not memorizing lines as an actress, actually that's much easier than I totally just get thinking. It. Totally get it. I'm thinking I get uh, muddled up. Long story short, bullying causes stress. Yep. Stress causes inflammation. And inflammation is already the problem the person with brain injury is trying to reduce. Right. So having internet trolls uh, gang up on you literally in mass under somebody's YouTube channel is even more detrimental with brain injury. In, in trauma of any kind, uh, generally the first year is the worst year. That's a phrase we toss around. The first year is the worst year. The trauma's fresh. You're learning to do things differently. And for some with brain injury like me, you could even be learning to do them again completely. Uh, we had people with limb loss who had to learn th to do things n n uh, in a different way or completely right. as well. Uh, the last thing any survivor or family needs who, who lost a loved one is another challenge. And Internet trolls bullying you often tends to be much worse in the first year, too. Oh, my God, it's awful regardless. <laughs> and then to have it on top of you already being in, in a, you know, a weakened physical right. state. Right, the timing couldn't be worse. Yeah, uh, and they do that on purpose. They caught the attacker. And uh, so the trial can come in the second year. Mm -hmm. With the Boston Marathon, I spoke up in an interview because I was very upset after the trial. I, I just, it's hard to even describe the, the, the amount of, of arrogance and entitlement and just lack of remorse. So I was upset and I agreed to do an interview. And that led to not just more bullying, but actual death threats because I didn't realize that so internationally covered and mm. it just bought on so much more bullying and regret on my part. Um, mm. An actual leader to the internet bullies, I'm not going to give his name because of I course. don't want to give him any more press. Um, but there was a leader of the bullies for the Boston Marathon bombing survivors. And, you know, can you imagine people following this person like they're a, a mentor and, when it's being done so publicly, even, I couldn't get any help. The social media sites wouldn't remove the videos. They wouldn't remove the comments, let alone the videos. We're supposed to tolerate them because it's free speech, mm. even when they're threatening you and telling other people, and, and this is a quote, someone should put a gun to her head. Right. And I couldn't get help from the police or the district attorney, let alone the social media sites. Uh, it, it just felt like we are to tolerate their free speech than to protect the people that they're threatening. It affects our lives, our businesses, our families, our friends. The bullies left negative reviews and comments on all my personal acting videos. This mm. should be slander or libel. Right. But, but for some reason, if they don't treat it that way. And one last thing to keep in mind about the internet trolls and bullies is uh, when you post something on the internet, it's there forever. Even if they grow up and realize they did something wrong, 
and in their remorse, maybe they want to remove the comment. That doesn't make it okay because the emotional damage is already done. And yeah, I just don't understand other than attention what's in it for the bullying. But kids need to realize, adults need to realize that when you're bullying someone on on the internet, it's permanent. People take screenshots, and it, it's probably saved forever. And the emotional damage that you did to those per- people is permanent, and sometimes ends in suicide. Yeah, I mean, I, what I what I wanted to ask you too is what how did it start and how were you made aware of it? Because I would imagine you're in pretty much of a cocoon when you're going through the first few months of, you know. Well, people there. get back to you and and they mean well, and mm-hmm. and uh, I wasn't the only person being bullied. I'm not special, and that's why I wanted to make people aware that it's not. A personal it's not personal when you're right. being bullied it may feel like it's about you because the bullies make it seem like it's very personal and it's your fault you did something to bring it upon you right and that and was vic- victim shamers love when to i was do in high too. school i i was bullied as well and this bought up all that for me it bought it all back up and, and right I'm not sure that bullies would care if they realize that but people do need to take that in mind that you're reopening old wounds and in high school the principal and vice principal said well you must be doing something to bring this upon yourself you must be doing something to taunt them and I was doing nothing that's victim blaming yes and it it, I did nothing to make bullies into bullies that's just who they are yeah that's something that we've talked about a lot we've talked a lot we've talked so much about narcissistic personality disorder sociopaths psychopaths any social personality disorder um we've you know to me and all the research that we've done on this specific thing it fits right into you know that behavior um which you know you can hide behind a computer screen and uh, act out your most malevolent behavior on people the thing that I find this unique though is the targeting of Sandy Hook parents that are had their children were killed in the Sandy Hook shooting. People who like you right. who were part of the Boston. I, I wish it was unique, but it's not. Yeah. I, I I wish it was. It's simply become an out of control. I, I feel it's an out of control epidemic bullying. It was something that when I was a kid, it was tolerated as part of growing up in school, and uh, you didn't get help for it. There was no counseling or, or what have you of either the bullies or the victim. It was just a rite of passage. Right. We accepted it as such, and I now firmly believe that was wrong. Being the subject of bullying, I didn't like it then, but I, I was forced to accept this is part of life. This is your rite of passage you need to just deal with it. Right. And, and as you were told, uh, toughen up. <laughs> and I don't know if uh, becoming hardened emotionally really was the, the right thing to tell kids. I don't no. think so. I don't and, think so. And maybe those kids that were entitled to bully in school became adults who felt entitled to bully. Definitely it, possible. That seems like an obvious outcome. About when, I don't know when you started to find out about this, you know, from people that were well-meaning, 
How long did it go on? What was the length of time that the, the trolling? Oh, it still goes that? on. It still goes on. It okay. still goes on. It's been five and a half years and it still goes on. I might do one interview a year at a request of someone who's asked me to speak out about something, hearing mm-hmm. loss, brain injury. Um, last year, the year before, it was some of the survivors in our particular attack that everybody is uh, emotionally broken, shall we say. And mm-hmm. when we're emotionally traumatized, we react in different ways. We're very sensitive, heightened reactions. And uh, anyway, uh, there was a, like a coffee and uh, breakfast, you know, coffee and breakfast mm-hmm. for survivors on the anniversary. And the survivors who were not part of said that uh, they were not invited because they didn't file for uh, compensation. And I felt that wasn't right. They came to me and they said, would you talk to this reporter on our behalf? We've already talked to him and he wanted to speak with a survivor that was invited. And so I spoke and said, you know, I think they should be invited too. They are survivors, people with PTSD, hearing loss. Everybody who is affected is, is a survivor. Invited. I thought this seemed like a no-brainer, innocent mm-hmm opinion. <laughs> I still right. think it is. And it just invited the trolls right back. I made the mistake of looking at the article online when it came out because oftentimes you're misunderstood. Maybe you're misquoted on purpose to push an agenda of that particular publication. Mm-hmm. You don't know. Uh, I'm not saying anything happened that way in this instance. It just, it's happened a lot where I've, I've, been either misunderstood or misquoted on purpose. So I just looked at the article just out of curiosity. And then I made the mistake of seeing the first comment underneath it. And Mm -hmm. I went down that rabbit hole. Right. Never go down the rabbit hole. Do not read the comments. And as soon as I did, I called the other people in the article and said, do not read the comments. Do not. I know it's tempting because I've told you not to. But I'm telling you, you'll regret it. Do not read the comments. And it was horrible. And this was maybe four or five years later. Right. It's, it's just, and all I was saying was the other survivors without external injuries should be invited to the coffee social on the anniversary too. A simple statement. No. Let me, ask you, is, let me ask you you this since you're an actor. Because some of my friends that are actors and some of them are, are well, you know, pretty well known. And they have said this kind of stuff is part of their life experience. And they take, you know, they're given talks to about this. The minute that they have any kind of, you know, noteworthiness or they become well, you know, more well known, they're going to have stuff put up about them online. They're going to, you know, have, misquotes here all over the place on purpose by media outlets that are considered good ones and that they get attacked by, um, you know, by internet trolls and that part of the money that they pay. I mean, one of my friends spent over a million dollars on fighting a company that kept putting her uh, in different pornographic print ads and stuff all over the place that every time she would hire this attorney and get the security team to take it down, then they would just post it up somewhere else. So she finally just said, you know what, 
forget it. It's not affecting my career in a negative way. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm not, I can't do it. And, and how sad is that? Yes, exactly. That this is exactly. Our, when everybody stands behind, hides, hides behind the Constitution. Yeah. When the Constitution was written, there was no internet. Right. So I really <laughs> don't understand how we're still hiding behind the Constitution and saying all of this is freedom of speech. We used to have laws in place that were just for disturbing the peace. If you went out on the sidewalk and made someone feel frightened or uncomfortable or you were too loud, maybe you were drunk in public, that was an illegal offense and you would be fined. Maybe you'd be taken to sober up in jail for the night. And now we're supposed to just tolerate it. Now we're the bad guys if we complain. And everybody says they can say anything they want, threaten anything they want, anyone they want, and it's just freedom of speech. And clearly, we've gone way past uh, balance. We've gone way on the other side of the bell curve where this is not a safe environment. This is not a peaceful environment by any level. And if if they're able to hide behind the Constitution, then maybe we need to Well, I think we're talking, too, about institutions that are revenue generating. So all of that, you know, part of being a known person for someone who's in the acting community, which this does not give it a free pass in any way whatsoever, but, um, Oh, it made it much worse. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the, the media. It wasn't, and, yeah. It, they make money off of it. So it's not going to go away because it's an industry now. No, the, this leader, I won't mention all the, anybody can look them up. It's all still out there. Uh, the only reason they do this that I can imagine is for attention and the people that join them for their, you know, finding strength in numbers, they just feed this person's ego right? and all the comments that they lead under their videos that just makes them more powerful on YouTube. It's just, you are, it's not an innocent comment. You're not uh, just stating your opinion. That's what people say back to me. Oh, they're just stating opinion. You're not. <laughs> it's like they're making a donation to their YouTube channel. You're giving them a, a charity donation with every comment and making their nasty bullying videos stronger. Yep, they get and, paid more money on people, ads. People, again, don't own that. They think, oh, I'm just stating an opinion. It's a free speech, free world. You're not. Think of it as uh, the, the campaign. These videos are campaigning to torture people, and sometimes that torturing ends in suicide. And right. any comment that you made, you contributed to that, and you need to own and take responsibility for every comment. I firmly don't believe the Internet should be anonymous anymore. I don't think anyone should be able to make anonymous comments. That's what feeds bullying is anonymity. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I think, you know, we're all we all are realizing too late that it's just the wild, wild west out there. And, you know, when I've gone to police and things like that about what's gone on with me, it's, oh, well, wait a minute. This came from someone in a different country. Oh, OK, then we can't. There's not anything. That oh, that's right. Yes, of course. 
and you're like, mm, okay, I see. Well, they haven't said that they're going to kill you. So they haven't threatened your life. So, and then every place that you call, you know, you call, uh, South Africa, as an example, you know, whatever the, the local, you know, right. it doesn't matter. And they say, well, you need to get your local police where you were, where That's you exactly were what I was when told. You received the threat. And, and then you tell your local police and they're like, well, that's from South Africa. We can't. So I want to explain these things to people because I think what happens is, and, and bullies have figured this out and narcissists absolutely have figured this out. The more you trigger a traumatized person, the more reactive they're going to be. And they love it because then you sound like someone that makes people uncomfortable. So they don't want to hear what You're you have You're fueling their say. fire. They love it. Exactly. So you have to. Um, and that's why they target victims of mass shootings and victims of like you were in the Boston Marathon. That's why they target people that are involved in that. And again, you're right. It's not because anyone there was special. It's because it's a great feeding ground for this kind of antisocial. As soon as you do that first interview, you don't realize that you're committing to being a target for the bullies. I don't yes. think that anyone from the Boston Marathon bombing realized that I thought I was given a voice to create awareness. I wanted to try to help people understand in what they label invisible injuries, internal Mm -hmm. injuries like brain injury and hearing loss. I wanted people to understand how it changes your, your whole life. It's not just something they can or can't see on the outside about how you walk differently or you talk differently. It changes your whole personality. It changes how you act and react to the world. And anyway, I thought I was given a voice. What I really did from interview one was put a bullseye on my head for bullying. Well, let's reframe that though. Yes, that happened. And you're not a bullseye for bullying anymore. You're an advocate for those that have been bullied. So there's no target on your back anymore. There was, but not anymore. You've taken the well, power out of their I, hands I, by I continuing to speak about only it. only happening. Yes, if, yes, it's happening. But you're choosing to speak about it, which is exceedingly brave. I guess that's Thank what you. I want people to understand Thank is you. when this happens to you, this is for listeners tuning in. Many of you haven't experienced this. Some of you have. I'm talking, and and those of you who haven't, if you're active at all on the internet, you will be. It's only getting worse out there. If you don't know how to um, deal with it by listening to people like Lynn, me, whoever else we have coming on our show to talk about it, then you all, you know, any number of different things can happen for you that are traumatizing. So, and, and the people that helped bring this awareness forward are people like Lynn, are people like Patricia, who came on and spoke as one of the Bill Cosby survivors on our show, and many, many other people that put themselves on the line, because every time they do an interview, they absolutely do get attacked online. They're putting their lives at risk and they're not paid to do so. (laughs) So, uh, you know, they're, they're not. So you, I think when you're looking at these kind of stories that come out and you see someone like Lynn out there speaking, think about what she's, 
doing to advocate for other people. It's more than just giving a sound bite. She's actually putting herself on the front line again and at again, risk and again. Yes. And and it's sad because the reason that I do these things, the the few interviews I do, is to create awareness. And mm-hmm. in this case, it's about internet trolls bullying victims and survivors of of mass traumas like the Boston Marathon attack. But I become I have become over the years very intimidated to post the yes. interviews on my social media because that just invites them directly to your pages to attack you in first person. And it's so sad because the only reason I'm doing this is to create awareness. And then I can't share, you know, the way to create awareness is by sharing it. Right. And I don't feel like I can share it because I'm just going to make it worse for myself. We just get, we get really creative now, Lynn. Like I, I refused to give, Bill Cosby any more publicity than he was already getting. So when we did our shows, we on that particular topic, and we did some with the Boston Globe about the Catholic priests that were molesting parishioners and their, you know, their children, we just didn't use things in the titles of the shows. And we really, the reason why I bring this up, I'm not saying that we did some grand thing. I don't mean that at all. We we really had to sit back and go, okay, so we want this to reach as many people as possible, but we don't want our shows to cause the brave people that come on them to get further mm-hmm. trolled. So we don't want to put them in danger. We don't want to give the bullies, the predators, um, attention, the more attention than they're already craving because that feeds them. How do we do this in a way where we get a message out and it's probably not going to reach as wide of an audience, but we still get the freaking thing out. So we just, we try to be really creative about how we word things so that the message gets out and, um, and we aren't part of sensationalism, you know? And I don't think this applies to as many people, but you had asked earlier about being an actress in Boston and how that affected you, uh, me as the as a survivor of the Boston Marathon attack. And I just think it made everything so much worse that the reason that they targeted me the, originally, the bullies claimed, was because I was their first proof that the Boston Marathon attack was a hoax. And... <sighs> because they found out that I had done some acting work, that that was their first proof that the whole thing was a military exercise, Uh complete hoax, because when Julian is an actress, and that's when they went to all, every video they could find, every film I'd ever been in, every anything, and started (laughs) smearing it. And I thought, how is this legal? How is this not defamation of character? I, I just don't understand. But it got worse. It seeped into the survivors and and the friends that I had, my original friends before the attack, which I don't have those same friends anymore. Mm. And the new friends that I was making that were fellow survivors, they didn't know me yet. And it put all this doubt in their head. Uh, It made it very difficult for me to bond with people or rather for them to bond with me because they didn't know me. And now people were telling them that I was a faker and I was an actress and I was part of some 
you know, mm-hmm. implanting myself as some kind of media whore or I was uh, somehow associated with the bullies because they were very much specifically targeting me. So somehow I must have some connection with them. No, they just targeted me because I was already a public figure and out there. Right. They just exactly. typed in my name and it said, Lynn Julian, oh, Boston actor. Let's target yeah. that one. Exactly. But That's it made it random. very difficult for yeah. the new friends, the survivor community to trust me. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's so interesting. I had, I, I dealt with adult bullying, um, from a workplace environment. And, uh, I remember when I felt like I needed to like post or tell people about all the volunteer work I did. And the reality was I always have done a lot of volunteer work but I was being so attacked in very strategic ways and boy, did it teach me all about how the mind of the narcissist works. So for that, I'm, I'm thankful. But I, I remember at the time, like I was trying to like tell everybody I'm a good person. No, I really am a good person. See, look at all the stuff I do and trust me. And, and I needed to do that for a long time. And now I'm like, well, you know what? I am a good person. I did do seven years of volunteer work with my therapy dog. And I don't care if these idiots say that I'm, I mean, I don't know. There's some picture of me and my dog out there that where somebody's calling me a pedophile and oh. something or other. And I'm like, I just looked at it and I was like, well, that's a narcissist for you. And anyway, anyone in the mental health community that would find this ridiculous thing that my friends have to deal with millions of this kind of stuff. And I have like a few things like this. Um, but uh, anyone that would find this would read this and be like, oh, my God, whoever wrote this is very unwell and um there's some malevolence going on you know so it's 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 an interesting road because yeah you're not going to get help from any authorities you're not going to get much sympathy from people because it's almost like all of a sudden you have cooties and they don't want (laughs) to they don't want to be a part of it but it is happening to you and you and it's falling on deaf ears so how do you process it today because you're still dealing with traumatic brain injury. I mean, you're still rewiring those pathways and all that. So how do you protect yourself now from things? Well, I I don't do uh, many interviews uh, specifically about the Boston Marathon bombing. I really don't do any interviews uh, unless somebody specifically asks me, Mm. hey, as a favor to... uh, me a survivor another friend fellow survivor or as a favor to an organization like strength to strength mm-hmm. or the brain injury association of america uh, a favor to us caring Thank you. Like, i can't even Those tell things you i will speak out yeah. about but other than that you know that one interview i did about whatever brain injury or hearing loss they will jump on that right. in the comments and they will go on and on about how I'm a media whore because I did one interview about brain injury for that year. Right. And then they take the videos. If there, if it was a videoed news interview, they will cut up these and mash them all up together and uh, inter- right. insert their own comments in between them to try to discredit whatever I'm saying. They have a lot of time on their hands. They'll go through <laughs> interviews over five years. Anything well, I ever said over the past five years, chop yeah. up the sentences, take them out of context and try to, 
to make it seem like I'm contradicting myself. It's ridiculous. Let's look at the two different things that we have here, too, because, you know, thankfully, we have access to all of these great psychologists and psychiatrists out there. And what we did ourselves is we looked at, okay, so there's the a lot of time on your hands where it's someone who is clearly mentally unwell and maybe they've even been declared insane and have been in prison for trolling and whatever it may be. And, um, and so, yeah, they do have a lot of time on their hands because this is all they're doing, but they're not known. They're not a known, um, they're, they haven't become a revenue generating force tour de force they're just a individual that's unwell that's attacking random people whoever they can get to engage and then you have the other side of it where it becomes a revenue generating engine and it gets picked up on youtube and uh they get a lot of subscribers and a lot of traction and they don't have a lot of time on their hands they are very busy they are very busy creating a whole channel and a whole media presence out of hate and they're getting paid to do it by places like Mm -hmm. youtube and facebook and and that is another great point that oftentimes there is silent support yep by so-called charities by organizations groups that are leading not just about the boston marathon attack but about other large uh, groups that are are speaking out and creating awareness about something. Maybe they're having a march. Maybe yep. they're having a protest. And there are large organizations funding bullying of these Absolutely. marches and protests. Absolutely. It's a big revenue stream. So in that case, it's not an individual. And you really are. It's the most dehumanizing because you are just part of a revenue stream. It really isn't the personal trauma that you feel from what's happening to you is just another, you know, another dollar sign and more attention for an entity now that receives a lot of revenue that does not care one whit. It's terrorism. Yeah. People falsely assume that all of us have lucrative paid engagements, they will assume when you post this that I was paid top dollar to do this interview. No, good Lord, no. We're an advocacy firm. (laughs) Maybe I'm doing this wrong, this creating awareness, but I haven't been paid for a single interview. No, no. I don't know where they're getting this from to make up, to try to get support. Yeah, yeah. To try to make you look badly. But I really don't think that there's any shame at all in getting paid for what creating awareness and doing speaking engagements you are educating people you're like a teacher in that moment it took you a lot of time and effort the slideshow your hour-long speech or whatever it is i believe those people deserve to get paid yeah but then when they, they the bullies transfer that when like the boston marathon movie came out patriots day I had nothing to do with that. But right. out came the trolls as soon as the release, you know, the release is called press movie releases. As soon as that came out, I I went to the opening of the movie. That was my full disclosure interaction with that film. <laughs> right. And the trolls came out en masse and, and said, how much money did Lynn Julian make off that? Right. Uh, zero. Zero dollars. Right. 
do you think that it's um do you think that it's something that you have to learn how to live with I, I obviously That's what I was definitely told to learn to live with it or ignore it by every authority figure, doctor, things. support yeah. group, therapist. Right. And it's hard to do that when we spend our lives online. It, and I think when it starts at, uh, affecting your livelihood and, you know, and your obviously it's affecting you emotionally, which is that's an offense right out of the gate that right there is is all that I used to go to three auditions a week before the Boston Marathon bombing and now I go to none because I I felt like and I I do want to start getting back into it but it it just I feel like made it not worth it to me Mm -hmm. that every time I posted something it would just bring negative attention and and some people feel no publicity is bad publicity but i am not of that book yeah i don't want that attention yeah it's interesting maybe um i'm not as brave as you think no it's not i'm making choices trying to keep my life in balance yeah obviously you're very brave to even be saying all of this so that that's not the question of it but you're trying to heal at the same time so it's a precarious place. And I know with TBI, seeing this with a member of my family and watching the things that were going on, he was much more paranoid about things um, in that state because his brain wasn't functioning properly. And it, um, I can't imagine if he would have had to deal with this kind of thing on top of what he was um, trying to get through physically and mentally and emotionally just with dealing with the injuries. And the, you know, the, there's so much more involved in a, a mass casualty and a mass attack like the Boston Marathon attack than, than people realize that the city is involved, the city and their reputation and their economy yep. and revenue, the state, they're all trying to do their own damage control. If, Right. We'll call it that. So they're doing to support, absolutely support the families and and survivors. And they're holding events, well-meaning events, trying to support us, trying to bring us together. And also public press events, uh, especially around the anniversaries, trying to show the world our resiliency. Right. And instead of just the resiliency that we're supposed to feel every time one of these events happens, the trolls come out and try to publicly shame you via these attacks and and make you, I have not gone to that that coffee anniversary that I spoke out that at at another survivor's request that they should be allowed to attend. I haven't been in, in several years. I haven't been since the first couple of years because I just don't want to deal with the attacks. Yeah. I get it. I totally get it. What do you want to share with people that are going through this that, you know, you've learned about how to oh, get through? Well, the- I know it, know it sounds like a cliche, but it, it's something, a mantra that you need to learn to repeat to yourself. You are not alone. Mm. This is not personal. It's not about you. 
It's about them, the bully. There is nothing you did to bring this upon yourself. It's not personal to you. It's about them. And they would have done this and probably have done this to many people before you and will continue to do it to many people after you. You are not alone and you are not special. So get in touch with a support group, even an online support group like Strength to Strength. And I just want to say that URL one more time. It's stosglobal.org. Strength to Strength helps unite survivors and, and help you get through this because they have survivors who are less than one year out of their attack and survivors who are 20 years out of their attack. And believe me, the elders are really great at, at mentoring you through yeah. the early stages. And, and it was priceless support to me to, to be, not just know that I wasn't alone, but to feel that I wasn't alone by having the support of internet, at least an internet support group. Right, exactly. Hopefully we can get someone from there to come on and talk on our show. Lynn, thank you so, again, thank you so much for doing this. I understand, our team understands, our network understands, and our listeners understand what it takes for you to do these. And we're going to put this out in as non- threatening way as possible. We're certainly not going to sensationalize it in any way. So with that being said, what do you want to share in terms of how people can get a hold of you or do you not want to do that for this show? No, my public media is very public. public. <laughs> I, I feel like when I hide, I, I die a little inside. That yes. I'm letting the bullies win. Yep. So I am on said Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest. I have boards uh, that I'm very proud of on Pinterest for brain injury, for hearing loss, for all these uh, as a patient advocate. Pinterest was a great place to just save them all in a very organized fashion to share with other people who are going through what you're going through. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, tell our listeners what your website is, because that's how they can probably find all your social media. Oh, uh, bostonactress.org. That's right in your face. I love it. You are. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it was so easy to find for the bullies. But like I said, you know, I'm not special. Anyone getting bullied out there, it may feel like a very personal because it is intimate. But it's not about you. It's always about the bully. It's always a, a problem that they are having in yes. their mind and in their life. And you are just bad timing when you're crossing right. their path. But right. it was never about you. And it's like I said, listeners, it's happening more and more and more and more to people, not just people that are actresses or actors or authors or in the news. It's happening to people that, you know, don't have a, a presence really online. It's it's becoming so no, much the more only common. reason they sing more on an actor or a politician or any public figure is just that. They're a public figure. If it was just about your passion and your opinion, you'd pick on Joe Schmo on Water Street in Omaha. Right. 
not. You're picking on very public figures because it's not about passion and feelings. It's about attention. Exactly. And you haven't done anything with your life deserving of attention. So you're becoming a bully to try to get attention off someone else's good work. And there explains narcissistic personality disorder, one very well-known facet. <laughs> Lynn, thank you so much for coming on and please um, pet your service dog for us. And um, you're welcome back anytime on the show. Thank you so much. And thank you again for giving me a voice to create awareness. And listeners, thank you for tuning in to another edition of Mental Health News Radio. I know, I know, no one likes commercials, but seriously, folks, without the help from these organizations, we could not stay on the air. Please give a shout out to zencharts.com. If you're a mental health or addiction treatment center, you'll want to use their EHR. It's gorgeous, and they're just good people. And also MyGenetics, M-Y-G-E-N-E-T-X.com, because knowing your genetic code empowers your mental health treatment. And lastly, CopeNotes.com. We love getting positive messages right to our phones every day from Johnny Crowder. He's the lead singer of Prison, a heavy metal band sharing their music about suicide prevention, addiction recovery, and mental health. See, that was painless. Support them as they support us. Back to the show. Sometimes I'm passive aggressive, but never without good intentions. I heat up and act on my emotions. Thanks so much for listening to Mental Health News Radio. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and hundreds of other podcast apps. Or you can visit our website at mentalhealthnewsradio.com. If you have a question or would like to be a guest, become a podcaster on our network, or join the amazing organizations that help keep us on the air, please email us at info at mhnrnetwork.com. Get ready for that special goodbye from our resident therapy dog, Miles, and a special thanks to Emily Sohn for letting us use her incredible song, Cordial, for our podcast music. Listen to the full song on SoundCloud at emily.sonne. Don't be surprised when I don't hate on you. After all we promised, we'd be cordial. Sometimes in you, I can fight it. Good boy.